You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Thursday, 9 March. Chinese month-to-month inflation came in at minus 0.5% for February. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, chatting with her Fahima Adia from Momentum Securities. Those quarter results, I mean, the results were, 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 I thought, fairly solid. The market really liked them, and otherwise, red market, they were green. Isaac uh, Odendahl from Old Mutual, uh, three years on from the first uh, COVID-19 case in South Africa. That would have been on Monday. Uh, is the Fed help stopping inflation? Are USA stocks still cheap? Lots of questions for Isaac. Uh, and then Frank Trosky, Senior Portfolio Analyst at uh, PPS Investments, generating alpha, in other words, outperforming returns, a combination of passive and active. This show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlip.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb Momentum. CEO sees SA's economic pain putting a strain on new business. The company reported a 10% drop in new business volumes during the period to December, but profits were up 46%. Business day, JC has backup plans in place if if the grid collapses. CEO Leila Free says the JC is preparing backup power and engaging with regulators should a grid failure restrict access to its trading engine. Morning markets, the US was green, S&P up 0.1% and Nasdaq up half a percent. Asia is mixed, Sydney down 0.4% and Tokyo up 0.6%. Commodities also mixed, gold 1,816, Brent under pressure 8,263, platinum 938 and palladium 1,348. Rand 1,861, Bitcoin 21,800. Tencent is trading down 0.7% in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call at 235 points to the green. That is a third of a percent higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Tony now with uh, Fima Dear from Momentum Securities. Fima, appreciate the early morning. Those quarter numbers. I mean, adjusted pre-tax profit uh, down a little bit from a year ago, well ahead of what the market was expecting. Assets under management also down some, what, call it 12 billion pounds sterling, but mostly from market weakness. I thought, all things considered, not a bad set of numbers and well positioned uh, looking for the year or three ahead. Morning, Simon. Um, yes, so it was good to see there was some green with quilter uh, up about 2.8% yesterday after all the red we saw on the JSE. Um, so like you said, yes, on the face of it, it did look like a, a solid set of results. Earnings beat consensus expectations, which is what likely pushed that share price up. Um, but if you take a closer look at it, like you mentioned, the assets and the management, however, did decline about mm. 11% due to those adverse market movements. We also saw net inflows for the year about 55% lower due to the challenging macro backdrop and low investment activity across the wealth management industry. So that did actually have an impact on revenue, which was quite flat from the last year. Uh, the group uh, revenue margin is also down there as there's been a shift towards lower margin products. So it seems it was the focus on cost savings in particular, which helped to boost profitability in the pot, uh, on and that bottom line. But, you know, we think going forward, that's probably something that 
that's not going to be uh, sustainable on an ongoing basis, you know, mm. cost cutting to, to boost profitability. They are going to have to uh, grow the top line. And it is facing a lot of headwinds this year because the performance is strongly tied to markets and inflows from its customers. Um, if we look at consumers in the UK, they're already under a lot of pressure due to high inflation, rising interest rates. And then um, if we do end up having a global slowdown or recession, then that will have an impact on the equity markets, which in turn will impact quarter. So from our side, we're not too positive on this one, though. Yeah, we do think it was an okay set of results. But I, I really like your point around the cost cutting. It works so far, but not massively. And looking at the value Valuations. I mean, it, it's kind of in that Goldilocks. It's not massively cheap. It's not massively expensive. And, and taking uh, your comments around those results into it, it's probably one best passed on. Yeah, I agree. Look, the price has come off quite a lot since last year. Mm. Um, so it's definitely cheaper. But I mean, I think that's for a reason. Um, given all these headwinds that it's facing this year, um, it's one I don't think we would be looking to invest in right now. Appreciate the time for him, idea. Momentum Securities. Always appreciate early morning insights. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting with Isaac Odendor, Old Mutual Wealth Investment Strategist. Isaac, appreciate the time. Uh, this week, three years since the third, first COVID-19 case in South Africa. It's been, it's been a crazy three years uh, across almost everything. Life largely back to normal. Supply chains are pretty much back to normal. Uh, market recovered from that, that flash sell-off in 2020. But there's still challenges. One of them, labor shortages, particularly in developed markets, most notably really in, in the U.S., yeah, Simon, that's, that's very interesting. I mean, we, when COVID first hit, we, we said, you know, there are going to be unpredictable results of this pandemic, things mm. that we you know, cannot imagine. And one of those things was just the way the labor market uh, responded in those big developed economies. Um, so, you know, it, it turns out a lot of people left the labor force either for health reasons. Some, you know, got sick and stayed sick. Um a lot of people just retired, took early retirement, mm. uh, decided it wasn't worth the hassle. Um, immigration obviously was disrupted in a lot of in a lot of the big developed countries that rely on migrant labor. So for a bunch of reasons, you, you now have a situation in countries like the US, but, but across Europe, Australia as well, Canada, where you have very low unemployment rates. Generally, businesses are struggling to find labor. They they are uh, raising wages in order to attract workers, um, you know, and that's that's obviously good for those people who have jobs. But it 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 means that you know if you're a central bank trying to get inflation under control, yeah. and of course inflation is the other big legacy of this whole crisis, you know, then you don't necessarily want that strong wage growth and that kind of robust uh, labor market. Yeah, and that was the next point. I mean, I remember one of our very first conversations. It was probably late 2020 and, and, and maybe early 21. We were talking inflation. It's got a lot higher than we thought. The Fed typically watches uh, what's it, the core personal consumption expenditures price index. That has been abating, although disappointed with the data print a few weeks ago. I mean, is your sense that the Fed is, is winning this battle? I mean, we had Jerome Powell in front, in front 
front of Congress earlier this week. Are, are they winning? Yes and no. In simple terms, yes, inflation is, is coming down from those very elevated levels, kind of those 6 7 8% levels. Mm. A lot of that is because of commodity prices, and we know that the oil prices come down a lot, and a lot of it is base effects. So because prices rose very sharply this time last year, you know, you're starting to measure yeah. that off a higher base, and the months ahead, you're going to see those inflation numbers continue to fall. But that doesn't mean that the underlying price pressures have dissipated. And I think that's where their concern is, um, especially on the services side of things. In other words, you know, uh, face-to-face services, mm. restaurants, hairdressers, hospitals, uh, pharmacies, um, etc. You know, those, those areas are typically more labor-intensive. So there again, the higher wages and labor scarcity start feeding into inflation. And obviously also spending, you know, when consumers are still spending money, that tends to put upward pressure on on prices. So no, if you listen to the, the testimony that Powell gave in Congress this week, he's not convinced that the inflation battle is won. They're still talking about raising interest rates, potentially even stepping up the pace of rate yeah. hikes. Yeah, so, so they're, still, they're still very keen to, to get inflation under control. And I think the, the one big thing that they kept referring to in the last couple of months is, you know, we don't want to declare victory prematurely. The, the yeah. lesson from the 1970s, and although things are very different to the 1970s, the lesson from the 1970s is you don't give up too early because, because you know, the inflation uh, monster can come roaring back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I saw some of the testimony where, where you know, basically drilling him on the unemployment. And, and he wouldn't say it in as many words, but he wants inflation done first. You mentioned commodities. There were another, not in the immediate, but 2021, certainly commodities were a big winner. They've come off the board. And if you bring it back locally, that has some bad implication for us. I mean, Transnet is hurting miners. Load shedding is hurting miners, hurting everybody, truthfully. And of course, commodities off the ball. Bad news for our economy and potentially for our rand as well. Yeah, I do think the, the commodity weakness that we've seen of late is a factor in, in the RAND's weakness, um, especially if you compare it to other emerging markets. You know, the RAND has been particularly weak. Clearly, the load shedding has weighed on sentiment. But yeah, I think the commodity story is is an issue. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of difficult to know what exactly is going on there because, you know, with China reopening, that should typically support the commodity prices. The dollar has been a bit weaker over the last couple of months. That should help. But I think the main thing is is, is perhaps just that it's a normalization. You had these two big disruptions to commodity markets, first the pandemic and then the war. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as we sort of normalize out of those two big events, yeah, maybe commodity prices are settling at levels that are that are more realistic. From a South African point of view, Commodity prices have come down a lot over the last year, but they are still elevated relative to 2018, 2019. So, you know, so from that point of view, we still we still are benefiting. It's just not as much as we did last year and the year before. Yeah, and, and of course, the week the week around helps. And and, and then and, and the note you put out. I mean, you ended with the, the last chart, which was the, the 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 valuations in essence. And and South Africa, it remains cheap. I mean, it it really does look cheap. But we're not getting the interest from it. I mean, we've still got foreigners as, as, as net sellers. They they worried about. They worried about. I mean, maybe it even goes back as far as Nenegate and 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 sort of broken promises, trust. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that South African assets. You're quite right. Are cheap. They're pricing in a lot of bad news, and I think that should be. You know, that's always comforting to investors. But but what what will will it take to unlock the value? And I think I think to unlock that value, both on the bond side and the equity side, you're going to need to see number one a conducive global environment because South Africa never operates on its own. So the, mm-hmm. con- the global environment is important, but then also 
you know, progress in South Africa in fixing these problems, you know, the load shedding, you know, you mentioned Transnet, um, you know, all the other problems, the the grey listing that we're very familiar with and, and, you know, that we've kind of uh, spoken about to death here. You know, we know what we need to do. We need to get on and do it. Yeah, I like that. We know what we need to do. We just need to do it. Isaac Odendahl, Old Mutual Wealth Investment Strategist, always appreciate the insights. If seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chen with Fran Trosky, Senior Manager Analyst at PPS Investments. Fran, appreciate the time again. This time we're chatting and it's an age-old uh, uh, data point that comes up from time to time. Missing the best days uh, that really hurts performance versus missing the worst days in the market that really helps performance. And the numbers are frankly quite stark, albeit uh, doing it, uh, timing it perfectly is, is probably nigh on impossible. Absolutely. Um, so Simon, timing it perfectly assumes that you have a magic eight ball or um, a (laughs) crystal ball, which unfortunately none of us do. Um, And I think one of the things that is interesting is human behavior being what it is. Um, You know, in economics, you talk about herd behavior and the bandwagon effect. Mm. So as soon as you see something playing out in the market, be it something rallying spectacularly, or dipping terribly, then you tend to jump on the bandwagon, which actually just exacerbates the the trend in the market. Um, And what's interesting is obviously that what we see is that if you have a great blend of passive managers and active managers, you're able to have people with the skill to read what's going on in the market. So they may see that there's a trend in terms of people jumping on the bandwagon, but they know that, wait, this company's fundamental values aren't actually telling me that this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and this is where the, the, the fund manager earns their strap. I mean, to your point, they don't have a crystal ball and they're not going to sell everything the day before a a, a really bad uh, a down day in the market, but they're going to be in the right places most of the time. They're going to avoid the big losers and, and catch some of those big winners. And, and that then fundamentally shifts the returns. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's also, so one of the interesting things that, that you will also come across is they talk about beta gatherers mm-hmm. and alpha hunters. If you take that back to sort of the primitive primitive man's existence, you yeah. know, the, the alpha hunters and the beta gatherers. And you actually you actually need both. You need you need your sort of slow and steady manager who isn't going to try and shoot the lights out, who doesn't necessarily think he's got the best timing in the market. But he does deliver a, you know, a very standard steady return, which tracks the market. So you will have some of the upside that is due to herd behavior and the bandwagon effect. Mm-hmm. And you will also get some of the some of the downside when that sort of ebbs. But if you do have a skilled active manager who is an alpha hunter, they are able to read the underlying trends, the underlying 
valuations, what the company's valuations are telling you, what the market forecasts are telling you, all of that information gets consolidated into a workable thesis. And and, and what this brings, and, and going back to your point about passive a moment ago, is, is that debate between active and passive, which seems to become almost an either-or debate, is, is fundamentally wrong. It's not either-or, it's they work together, and what should be the debate is around, around ratios and which and, and, and who. Absolutely, and it's also, you know, I, I get so frustrated with people in the in the industry who say it is an either or um, option. It's not an either or option. Just like you wouldn't in any primitive society have only hunters or <laughs> only gatherers, you do absolutely need both. You need you need to build a diversified portfolio, and that might include either a manager who tracks an index fairly closely, but mm. does miss some of the downturn, does take advantage of some of the upturn, or if the only option that you can get is a tracker, then that's what you that's what you use. But you make sure that you add your alpha hunters on top of that, because those are the guys who are going to, they're not going to shoot the lights out every time, but they are going to make sure that you get a good amount of the upside and that you miss a good amount of the downside. And, and it's going to, I mean, back to that, I mean, your, your passive, nice, low cost, truthfully boring, but boring's fine in the market as well. Um, Absolutely. They, they're going to, to plug along. Your alpha hunters, as you refer to them, they're going to be a little more volatile. And that's why we have the, the sort of smoothing passive strategy at the same time to, to help us sleep better at night. Absolutely. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with boring. <laughs> yeah. When you, you know, actually predictability and outcomes is what you do want when you are investing for your retirement or when you're investing to fund your children's education. You want a predictable outcome. You don't want to not know what's going to happen tomorrow with your portfolio. Yeah, I like that. In fact, we actually take your point on that predictable outcome. We actually desire the boring sometimes in markets. And far too often, and I speak from experience, the exciting has truthfully cost me money because um, I was, Absolutely. as you said, I was chasing things. I had FOMO. I didn't know what I was buying, and it uh, hurt me. We'll leave it there. Fran Trosky, Senior Manager Analyst, PPS Investments. Appreciate the time. And that's our question today on our LinkedIn and a Twitter poll. They're generating alpha, but particularly the blend of active and passive products to build a portfolio. It does seem that the debate around active versus passive has moved to you know that blend between the two. I'm asking you, are you using a, a blend of active and passive, or are you perhaps going all in on one or the other? Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. <laughs> That's it for today. We were chatting yesterday around the ShopRite results that showed changing consumer shopping patterns due to the persistent load shedding. Uh, Reckoner from uh, Anko says, undoubtedly ShopRite remains their pick in the space. But we ask you, have you changed your shopping patterns? Uh, Just over a third each said, nope, you're managing okay. Well, another third said, yeah, you're actually more than anything shopping down to a degree. It's tough out there. Uh, Just under a quarter said, yes, you're buying less fresh produce. because simply, particularly in those four-hour load shedding, well, your, fresh, your fridge just doesn't cope. It's just that simple. Uh, have your vote. Have your say. Twitter and LinkedIn. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Fortress results. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now. On the money.